0: We were bored and alone with COVID at play. Nothing to do with our lives through the day. Then we decided to put on a play. Let's try Braving the Bard. Hello everyone and welcome to Braving the Bard. I'm Allie. And I'm Val! Get ready for a Midsummer Night's Dream! There's a marvels convenient place for our rehearsal. This green plot shall be our stage. This hawthorn Brick, our Tyring house, and we will do it in action as we will do it before the duke. Peter
1: Quince. What sayest thou, bully bottom? There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. First, Pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself which the ladies cannot abide. How answer you that?
2: By your lock in a
1: sphere.
3: <laughs> I believe we must leave the killing out when all is done.
1: Not a whit. I have a device to make all well. Write me a prologue, and let the prologue seem to say we will do no harm with our swords, and that Pyramus is not killed indeed. And for the more better assurance, tell them that I, Pyramus, am not Pyramus, but bottom the weaver. This will put them out of fear. Well, we will have such a prologue, and it shall be written in eight and six. No, make it two more. Let it be written in eight and eight. Will not the ladies be afeard of the lion?
3: I fear it, I promise you.
1: Masters, you ought to consider with yourself to bring in, God shield us, a lion among ladies is a most dreadful thing for there is not a more fearful wild fowl than your lion living and we ought to look to it therefore another prologue must tell he is not a lion nay you must name his name and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck and he himself must speak through saying thus or to the same defect ladies or Fair ladies, I would wish you, or I would request you, or I would entreat you not to fear, not to tremble. My life for yours, if you think I come hither as a lion, it were pity of my life. No, I am no such thing. I am a man as other men are. Then there indeed let him name his name, and tell them plainly he is snug, the joiner.
0: Well, it shall be so. But there is two hard things. That is, to bring the moonlight into a chamber. For you know Pyramus and be meet
1: by moonlight. Doth the moon shine the night we play our play? A calendar! A calendar! Look in the almanac. Find out moonshine. Find out moonshine. Yes, it doth shine that night. Why, then, may you leave a casement of the great chamber window where we play open, and the moon may shine in at the casement.
0: I, or else, must come in with a bush of thorns and a lantern and say, he comes to disfigure or to present the person of moonshine. Then there is another thing. We must have a wall in this great chamber, for Pyramus and Thisbe, says the story, did talk
1: through the chink of a wall. You can never bring in a wall. What say you, Bottom? Some man or other must present wall, and let him have some plaster, or some loam, or some rough cast about him to signify wall, or let him hold his fingers thus, and through that cranny shall Pyramus and Thisbe whisper. If that may be, then all is well. Come. Sit down, every mother, son,
0: and rehearse your parts. Pyramus, you begin. When you have spoken your speech, enter into that break. And so, everyone according to his cue.
4: What hempen homespuns have we swaggering here? so near the cradle of the fairy queen. What? (laughs) A play toward. (laughs) I'll be an auditor. An actor, too, perhaps, if I see cause.
1: Speak, Pyramus. Thisbe, stand forth. Thisbe, the flowers of odious savors sweet. Odors, odors. Odors, savors sweet. So hath thy breath my dearest thisbe dear but hark a voice stay thou but here a while and by and by i will to thee appear
4: a stranger pyramus than ever played here <laughs> must i
0: speak now i marry must ye for you must understand he goes but to see a noise that he heard and is to come again <clears throat> most radiant pyramus most lily white of hue of color like the red rose on triumphant bier most brisky juvenile and eck most lovely jew as true as truest horse that yet would never tire i'll meet thee pyramus at ninny's tomb ninus's tomb man why ye must not speak that yet that ye answer to pyramus You speak all your part at once, cues and all. Paramus, enter. Your cue is past, it is never tire. Oh, as true as truest horse, that yet would never tire.
1: If I were fair, fair, thisbe, I were only thine. Oh, monster, it's so strange! We are haunted! Pray,
0: masters,
4: fly! Masters, help! I'll follow you, I'll lead you about, around, through bog, through bush, through brake, through briar. <laughs> Sometimes a horse I'll be, sometime a hound, a hog, a headless bear, sometime a fire. And neigh, and bark, and grunt, and roar, and burn. Like horse, hound, hog, bear, fires every turn. <laughs> Why do they run away?
1: This is a knavery of them to make me afeard. Oh, Bottom, thou art changed. What do I see on thee? What do you see? You see an head of your own, do you? Bless thee, Bottom, bless thee. Thou art translated. see their knavery. This is to make an ass of me, to fright me if they could. But I will not stir from this place, do what they can. I will walk up and down here, and I will sing, that they shall hear I am not afraid. The owsel cock so black of hue with orange tawny bill, the rustle with his nose so true, the wren with little quill.
3: What angel wakes me from my flowery bed? The finch, the sparrow, and the lark, the plain, some cuckoo gray, Whose noteful many a man doth mark, and
1: dares not answer nay. For indeed, who would set his wit to so foolish a bird? Who would give a bird the lie, though he cry cuckoo, never so? And dares not answer nay.
3: Pray thee, gentle mortal, sing again. Mine ear is much enamoured of thy note, so is mine eye enthralled to thy shape, and thy fair virtues force perforce doth move me on the first view to say, to swear, I love thee. Methinks, mistress, you should have
1: little reason for that, Then yet to say the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays the more the pity that some honest neighbors will not make them friends, nay, I can gleek upon occasion.
3: Thou art as wise as thou art
1: beautiful. Not so neither, but if I had wit enough to get out of this wood, I have enough to serve mine own turn.
3: Out of this wood do not desire to go. Thou shalt remain here whether thou wilt or no. I am a spirit of no common rate. The summer still doth tend upon my state, and I do love thee. Therefore go with me I'll give thee fairies to attend on thee, and they shall fetch thee jewels from the deep, and sing while thou on pressed flowers dost sleep, and I will purge thy mortal grossness so that thou shalt like an airy spirit go peas blossom, cobweb, moat, and mustard seed Ready And I and I And I Where shall we go? go? Be kind and courteous to this gentleman Hop in his walks and gamble in his eyes Feed him with apricots and dewberries With purple grapes, green figs, and mulberries The honey bags steal from the humble bees And for night tapers crop their waxen thighs And light them at the fiery glowworm's eyes To have my love to bed to arise, and pluck the wings from painted butterflies, to fan the moonbeams from his sleeping eyes. Nod to him, elves, and do him courtesies. Hail, mortal! Hail! Hail! Hail!
1: I cry your worship's mercy heartily. I beseech your worship's name. Cobweb! I shall desire you of more acquaintance, good master Cobweb. If I cut my finger, I shall make bold with you. Your name, honest gentleman? Blossom. I pray you commend me to Mistress Squash, your mother, and to Master Peasgod, your father. Good Master Blossom, I shall desire you of more acquaintance too. Your name I beseech you, sir? Mustardseed. Good Master Mustardseed, I know your patience well. That same cowardly, giant-like ox beef hath devoured many a gentleman of your house. I promise you your kindred hath made my eyes water ere now. I desire you of
3: more acquaintance, good master mustard seed. Come, wait upon him, lead him to my bower. The moon, methinks, looks with a watery eye, and when she weeps, weeps every little flower, lamenting some enforced chastity. Tie up my lover's tongue, bring him.
5: I wonder if Titania be awaked. Then what it was the next came in her eye, which she must dote on in extremity. <laughs> Here comes my messenger. How now, good spirit? What night rule now about this haunted grove?
4: My mistress, <laughs> with a monster in love, near to a close and consecrated bower, while she was in her dull and sleeping hour, a crew of patches, rude mechanicals that's work for bread upon athenian stalls were met together to rehearse a play intended for great theseus's nuptial day the shallowest thick skin of that barren sort who pyramus presented in their sport forsook his scene and entered in a break when i did him at this advantage take an ass's knoll i fix it on his head anon his this be! must be answer it and forth my mimic comes when they him spy as wild geese that the creeping fowler eye or russet painter choughs many and sort rising and calling at the gun's report sever themselves and madly sweep the sky so at his sight away his fellows fly and at our stamp here o'er and o'er one fall he murder cries and help from athens call their sense thus weak lost with their fears thus strong made senseless things begin to do them wrong for briars and thorns at their apparel snatch some sleeves some hats from yielders all things catch I led them on, and this distracted fear let sweet Pyramus translated there, when, in that moment, so it came to pass, Titania waked, and straightway loved an ass.
5: <laughs> <laughs> this falls out better than I could devise. But hast thou latched the Athenian's eyes with the love juice as I bid thee do? <sighs>
4: I took him sleeping, that is finished too, and the Athenian woman by his side, that, when he waked, a force she must be eyed.
5: Stand close, this is the same Athenian.
4: Uh, this is the woman, but not this the man.
6: Oh, why rebuke you him that loves you so, lay breath so bitter on your bitter foe.
2: Now I but chide, but I should use thee worse, for thou i fear hast given me cause to curse if thou hast slain lysander in his sleep being or shoes in blood plunge in the deep and kill me too the sun was not so true unto the day as he to me would he have stolen away from sleeping hermia i believe as soon as this whole earth may be bored and that the moon may through the centre creep and so displease his brother's noontide with antipodes it cannot be but thou hast murdered him so should a murderer look so dead so grim so should
6: the murdered look and so should i pierce through the heart with your stern cruelty yet you the murderer look as bright as clear as yonder venus in her glimmering spear
2: what's this to my lysander where is he good demetrius wilt thou give him me
6: I had rather give his carcass to my hounds.
2: Out, dog, out, cur! Thou drivest me past the bounds of maiden's patience. Hast thou slain him then? Henceforth be never numbered among men. Oh, once tell true, tell true even for my sake. Durst thou have looked upon him, being awake? And hast thou killed him sleeping? Ah, brave touch! Could not a worm, an adder, do so much? An adder did it. For with doubler tongue than thine, thou serpent, never adder stung.
6: You spin your passion on a misprized mood. I am not guilty of Lysander's blood, nor is he dead for aught that I can tell.
2: I pray thee, tell me then that he is well.
6: And if I could, what should I get there for?
2: A privilege never to see me more. And from thy hated presence part I sow. See me no more, whether he be dead or no.
6: There is no following her in this fierce vein. Here, therefore, for a while I will remain. So sorrow's heaviness doth heavier grow, For a depth that rout sleep doth sorrow owe, Which now in some slight measure it will pay. If for his tender here, I make some stay.
5: What hast thou done? Thou hast mistaken quite, and laid the love juice on some true love's sight. Of thy misprision must perforce ensue, some true love turned, and not a false turned true.
4: Then Fate overrules. that one man holding troth; a million fail, confounding oath on oath.
5: About the wood, go swifter than the wind. And Helena of Athens, look thou find, all fancy sick she is and pale of cheer, with sighs of loves that cost the fresh blood dear. By some illusion, see thou bring her here, I'll charm her eyes against she do appear.
4: I go, I go, look how I go, swifter than an arrow from a Tartar's bow.
5: Flower of this purple dye, hit with Cupid's archery, sink in the apple of his eye when his love he doth espy. Let her shine as gloriously as the Venus of the sky. When thou wakest, If she be by, beg of her for remedy.
4: Captain of our fairy band, Helena is here at hand, and the youth, mistook by me, pleading for a lover's fee, shall we their fond pageant see? Lord, what fools these mortals be!
5: (laughs) Stand aside. The noise they make will cause Demetrius to awake.
4: Then we will too... At once, woo one. (laughs) This must needs be sport alone. And those things do best please me, that befall preposterously.
7: (laughs) Why should you think that I should woo in scorn? Scorn and derision never come in tears. Look, when I vow, I weep. And vows so born in the nativity, all truth appears. How can these things in me seem scorn to you, bearing the badge of faith to prove them true?
0: You do advance your cunning more and more. When truth kills truth, devilish holy fray. These vows are hermias. Will you give her oar? Weigh oath with oath, and you will nothing weigh. Your vows to her and me, put in two scales, will even weigh, and both as light as tails.
7: I had no judgment when Tour I swore.
0: Nor none in my mind. Now you give her o'er.
7: Demetrius loves her, and he loves not you. O
6: oh, Helen, goddess, nymph, perfect, divine, to what, my love, shall I compare thine eye? Crystal is muddy. Oh, how ripe and show thy lips, those kissing cherries, <laughs> tempting grow, the pure congealed white, high taurus snow, fan with the eastern wind, turns a crow when thou holdest up thy hand. Oh, let me kiss the princess of pure white, this seal of bliss.
0: Oh, spite! Oh, hell! I see you all are bent! to set against me for your merriment. If you were civil and knew courtesy, you would not do me thus much injury. Can you not hate me, as I know you do, but you must join in souls to mock me too? If you were men, as men you are in show, you would not use a gentle lady so to vow and swear and super praise my parts when I am sure you hate me with your hearts. You both are rivals and love Hermia, (laughs) and now both rivals to mock Helena. A trim exploit, (laughs) a manly enterprise to conjure tears up in a poor maid's eyes with your derision, none of noble sort Would so offend a virgin and extort A poor soul's patience, all to make you sport.
7: You are unkind, Demetrius, be not so, For you love Hermia, this you know, I know, And here with all goodwill, with all my heart, In Hermia's love I yield you up my part, and yours of Helena to me bequeath, whom I do love and will do till my death. Ha!
0: <laughs> Never did mockers waste more idle breath.
6: Lysander, keep thy Hermia. I will none. If I ever loved her, all that love is gone. My heart to her, but as guests, was sojourned, and now to Helen it is home returned. There to remain. Helen, it is it's not so. The spirit, not the faith thou dost not know, Lest to thy peril thou abide dear. Look where thy love comes, yonder is thy dear.
2: Dark night that from the eye his function takes, The ear more quick of apprehension makes. Wherein it doth impair the seeing sense, It pays the hearing double recompense. Thou art not by mine eye, Lysander found, Mine ear I thank it, brought me to thy sound. But why unkindly didst thou leave me so?
7: Why should he stay whom love doth press to go?
2: What love could press Lysander from my side?
7: Lysander's love, that would not let him bide. Fair Helena, who more engilds the night than all yon fiery o's and eyes of light. Why seekest thou me? Could not this make thee know the hate I bear thee made me leave thee so?
2: You speak not as you think. This cannot be. Lo! <laughs>
0: she is one of this confederacy. Now I perceive they have conjoined all three To fashion this false sport in spite of me. Injurious Hermia, most ungrateful maid, Have you conspired, have you with these contrived, To bait me with this foul derision? Is all the counsel that we two have shared, the sisters' vows, the hours that we have spent when we have chied the hasty-footed time for parting us, <laughs> is all forgot? All school days is friendship, childhood innocence? We, Hermia, like two artificial gods, have with our needles created both one flower, both on one sampler, sitting on one cushion, both warbling of one song, both in one key, as if our hands, our sides, voices, and minds had been incorporate. So we grew together, like to a double cherry seeming parted, but yet an union in partition. Two lovely berries moulded on one stem. So with two seeming bodies, but one heart, Two of the first like coats of heraldry, Due but to one, and crowned with one crest, And will you rent our ancient love asunder, To join with men in scorning your poor friend? It is not friendly, tis not maidenly, Our sex, as well as I, may chide you for
2: it, though I alone do feel the injury. I am amazed at your words. I scorn you not. It seems you scorn me. Have you not set Lysander,
0: as in scorn, to follow me and praise my eyes and face and made your other love, Demetrius, who even but now did spurn me with his foot, to call me goddess, nymph, Divine and rare, precious Celestial? Wherefore speaks he this to her he hates? And wherefore doth Lysander deny your love, So rich within his soul, and tender me, Forsooth affection? But by your setting on, by your consent? What, though I be not so in grace as you, So hung upon with love, so fortunate, but miserable most, to love unloved. This you should pity rather than despise. I understand not what you mean by this. I do. Persever counterfeit sad looks. Make mouths upon me when I turn my back, wink at each other, hold up the sweet jest. This sport, well carried, shall be chronicled. If you have any pity, grace, or manners. You would not make me such an argument. But fare you well, tis partly my own fault, Which death or absence soon shall remedy.
7: Stay, gentle Helena. Hear my excuse, my love, my life, my soul. Fair Helena.
2: <laughs> Excellent! Sweet, do not scorn her so.
6: If she cannot entreat, I can compel.
7: Thou canst compel no more than she entreat. Thy threats have no more strength than our weak prayers. Helen, I love thee, by my life I do. I swear by that which I will lose for thee, to prove him false that says I love thee not. I say I love thee more than he can do. If thou say so,
6: withdraw and prove it too. Quick, come.
2: Lysander, where to tends all this?
6: Away, you dwarf. No, no, He'll, he'll seem to break loose. Take on as you would follow, but yet come not. You are tame, man, go. Hang off, thou cat. Thou burr, vile
7: thing, let loose, or I will shake thee from me like a serpent.
2: Why art thou grown so rude? What change is this, sweet love? Thy love?
7: Out, tarny tartar, out, out loathed medicine, oh, hated potion,
0: hence. Do you not jest? Yes, soothe, and so do you.
6: Demetrius, I will keep my word with thee. I would I had your bond, for I perceived a weak bond holds you. I'll not trust your word.
7: What, should I hurt her, strike her, kill her dead? Although I hate her, I'll not harm her so.
2: What can you do me greater harm than hate? Hate me, wherefore? Oh, What news, my love? am not i hermia or not you lysander i am as fair now as i was erewhile since night you loved me yet since night you left me why then you left me oh the gods forbid an earnest shall i say
7: I, by my life, and never did desire to see thee more, therefore be out of hope, of question, of doubt. Be certain nothing truer, tis no jest, that I do hate thee and love Helena.
2: Ah, me. You juggler, you canker-blossom, you thief of love! What, have you come by night and stolen my love's heart from him?
0: Have you no modesty? No maiden shame, no touch of bashfulness? What, will you tear impatient answers from my gentle tongue? Fie, fie, you counterfeit,
2: you puppet, you. Puppet? Why so? Ah, that way goes the game. Now I perceive that she hath made compare between our statures, she hath urged her height and with her personage her tall personage her height forsooth she had prevailed with him are you grown so high in his esteem because i am so dwarfish and so low how low am i thou painted maple speak how low am i am i not yet so low but that my nails can reach unto thine eyes i pray you though you mock me
0: gentlemen let her not hurt me i was never cursed i have no gift at all in shrewishness i am a right maid for my cowardice let her not strike me you perhaps may think because she is something lower than myself that i can match her lower hark again (laughs) good hermia do not be so bitter with me i ever did love you hermia did keep your counsels, never wronged you, save that in love unto Demetrius. I told him of your stealth unto this wood. He followed you, for love. I followed him. But he hath chid me hence, and threatened me, to strike me, spurn me, nay, to kill me too. And now, so you will let me quiet go, to Athens will I bear my folly back. And follow you no further. Let me go. You will see how simple and fond I am.
2: Why, get you gone. Whose that hinders you? A foolish heart that I leave here behind. What, with Lysander? With Demetrius.
6: Be not afraid. She shall not harm thee, Helena. No, sir, she shall not, though you take her part.
0: (laughs) When she is angry... She is keen and shrewd. She was a vixen when she went to school, and though
2: she be but little, she is fierce. Little again! Nothing but low and little! Why will you suffer her to flout me thus? Let me come to her.
7: Get gone, you dwarf! You
6: minmess of hindering not grass (laughs) You bead! (laughs) You acorn! You are too officious. In her behalf that scorns your services, let her alone. Speak not of Helena, take not her part. For if thou dost intend, never so little show of love to her, thou shalt abide it. Now she holds me not. Now follow, if thou darest, to try whose
7: right of thine or mine is most in Helena.
6: Follow? Nay, I'll go with thee, cheek by jowl.
2: You, mistress, all this coil is long of you. Nay, go not back.
0: I will not trust you. I nor longer stay in your cursed company. Your hands than mine are quicker for a fray. My legs are longer, though, to run away.
2: I am amazed and know not what to say.
5: This is thy negligence. Thou still mistakest, or else committest thy neighbories wilfully. Believe me, King of Shadows,
4: I mistook. Did you not tell me I should know the man by the Athenian garments he had on? And so far blameless proves my enterprise, that I anointed an Athenian's eyes. And so far am I glad it so did sort, as this there jangling I esteem a sport.
5: Thou seest these lovers seek a place to fight. High, therefore, robin, overcast the night. The starry welkin cover thou anon with drooping fog as black as Archeron, and lead these testy rivals so astray as one come not within another's way. Like to Lysander. Sometime frame thy tongue, then stir Demetrius up with bitter wrong. And sometime rail thou like Demetrius, and from each other look thou, lead them thus, till o'er their brows death counterfeiting sleep, with leaden legs and batty wings doth creep, then crush the herb into Lysander's eye, whose liquor hath this virtuous property, to take from thence all error with his might, and make his eyeballs roll with wonted sight. When they next wake, all this derision shall seem a dream and fruitless vision, and then back to Athens shall the lovers wend, with league whose date till death shall never end. Whilst I, in this affair, do thee employ, I'll to the queen, and beg her Indian boy. And then I will her charmed eye release, From this monster's view, and all things be peace.
4: My fairy lord, this must be done with haste, For night-swift dragons cut the clouds full fast, And yonder shines Aurora's harbinger, At whose approach Ghosts wandering here and there troop home to churchyards. Damned spirits all, that in crossways and floods have burial. Already to their wormy beds are gone, for fear lest day should look their shames upon. They willfully themselves exile from light, and must for a consort with black-browed night.
5: But we are spirits of another sort. I, with the morning's love, have oft made sport, and like a forester. The groves may tread, even till the eastern gate, all fiery red, opening on Neptune, with fair blessed beams, turn into yellow gold his salt-green streams. But notwithstanding haste, make no delay, we may effect this business yet ere day.
4: Up and down, up and down, I will lead them up and down. I am feared in field and town, goblin, lead them up and down.
7: (laughs) Where art thou proud, Demetrius? Speak thou now. (laughs) Here,
4: villain, drawn and ready, where art thou?
7: (laughs) I will be with thee straight.
4: Follow me, then, to plainer ground.
6: lysander speak again thou run away thou coward art thou fled speak in some bush where dost thou hide in thy head
4: <laughs> thou coward art thou bragging to the stars telling the bushes that thou looks for wars and wilt not come come recreant come thou child I'll whip thee with a rod. He is defiled that draws a sword on thee. (laughs) Yeah? Art thou there? Follow my voice. We'll try no manhood here.
7: He goes before me and still dares me on. When I come where he calls, then he is gone. The villain is much lighter healed than I. I followed fast, but faster did he fly, that fallen am I in dark, uneven way, and here will rest me. Oh come, thou gentle day, for if but once thou show me thy grey light, I'll find Demetrius, and revenge the spite.
4: Ho 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 coward, why comest thou not?
6: (laughs) Abide me, if thou darest, for well I wot. Thou runnest before me, shifting every place, and darest not stand, nor look me in the face. Where art thou? Come hither, I am here. (laughs) Nay, then thou mockest me. Thou shalt by this dare. If ever I thy face by daylight see, now go thy way. Fateness constraineth me to measure out my length on this cold bed, by day's approach look to be visited.
0: O oh, weary night, O oh, long and tedious night, abate thy hours, shine comforts from the east that I may back to Athens by daylight <sighs> oh. Oh, from these that my poor company detest, and sleep that sometimes shuts up the sorrow's eye, steal me a while from mine own company.
4: Yet's but three. Come one more. Two of both kinds makes up four. (gasps) Here she comes, cursed and sad. Cupid is a knavish lad, thus to make poor females mad. Never so
2: weary, never so in woe, bedabbled with the dew and torn with the briars. I can no further crawl, no further go. My legs can keep no pace with my desires. Here I will rest me till the break of day. Heavens, shield Lysander if they mean a fray.
4: On the ground, sleep sound, I'll apply to your eye, gentle lover, remedy. When thou wakest, thou takest true delight in the sight of thy former lady's eye, and the country proverb known, that every man should take his own. In your waking shall be shown, Jack shall have Jill, naught shall go ill. The man shall have his mare again, and all shall be
3: down upon this flowery bed while i thy amiable cheeks do coy and stick musk roses in thy sleek smooth head and kiss thy fair large ears oh my gentle joy where's peas blossom ready scratch
1: my head peas blossom where's monsieur cobweb ready Monsieur Cobweb, good monsieur, get you your weapons in your hand and kill me a red humble bee on the top of a thistle, and good monsieur, bring me the honey bag. Do not fret yourself too much in the action, monsieur, and good monsieur, have a care the honey bag break not. I would be loath to have you overflown with a honey bag, Signor. Where's monsieur mustard seed? <coughs> Ready! Give me your niece, monsieur, mustard seed. Pray you, leave your courtesy, good monsieur. What's your will? Nothing good, monsieur, but to help cavalry cobweb to scratch. I must to the barbers, monsieur, for methinks I am marbles hairy about the face. And I am such a tender ass, if my hair do but tickle me, I must scratch. What, wilt thou hear some music, my sweet love? I have a reasonable good ear in music. Let's have the tongs and the bones.
3: Or say, sweet love, what thou desirest to eat? Truly a peck of provender. I could munch your good dry oats.
1: Methinks I have a great desire to a bottle of hay. Good hay, sweet hay, hath no fellow.
3: I have a venturous fairy that shall seek the squirrel's hoard and fetch thee new nuts.
1: I had rather have a handful or two of dried peas. But I pray you let none of your people stir me, I have an exposition of sleep come upon me.
3: Sleep thou, and I will wind thee in my arms. Fairies, begone, and be always away. So doth the woodbine, the sweet honeysuckle, gently entwist, the female ivy so enrings the barky fingers of the elm. Oh, how I love thee! Oh, how I dote on thee!
5: Welcome, good Robin. Seest thou this sweet sight? (laughs) Her dotage now I do begin to pity. For meeting her of late behind the wood, Seeking sweet favors for this hateful fool, I did upbraid her and fall out with her. For she his hairy temples then had rounded, with cornet of fresh and fragrant flowers, and that same view, which sometime on the bud was wont to swell like round and orient pearls, now stood within the pretty floret's eyes like tears that did their own disgrace bewail. When I had at my pleasure taunted her, and she in mild terms begged my patience, I then did ask of her her changeling child, which straight she gave to me, and her fairy sent to bear him to my bower in fairyland. And now I have the boy. (laughs) I will undo this hateful imperfection of her eyes, and, gentle Puck, take this transformed scalp from off the head of this Athenian swain, that he, awaking when the other do, may all to Athens back again repair, and think no more of this night's accidents, but as a fierce vexation of a dream, but first... I will release the Fairy Queen. Beest thou as thou wast want to be, See as thou wast wont to see, Diana's bud or Cupid's flower hath such force and blessed power. <coughs> now, my Titania, Wake you, my sweet queen.
3: Why, Oberon, what visions have I seen? Methought I was enamored of an ass.
5: There lies your love.
3: How came these things to pass? Oh, how mine eyes do loathe his visage now.
5: Silence a while. Robin, take off his head. Tanya music call and strike more dead Than common sleep of all these five the sense.
3: Music, ho oh. Music such as charmeth sleep
4: Now,
5: when
3: thou wakest With thine
4: own fool's
5: eyes peep Sound music Come, my queen Take hands with me Rock the ground whereon these sleepers be. Now thou and I are new in amity, and will tomorrow midnight solemnly dance in Duke Theseus's house triumphantly and bless it to all fair prosperity. Where shall the pair of faithful lovers be wedded with Theseus in all jollity?
3: Come, my lord. And in our flight, tell me how it came this night that I, sleeping here, was found with these mortals on the ground.
8: Go, one of you, find out the forester, for now our observation is performed, and, since we have the wayward of the day, my love shall hear the music of my hounds uncouple in the western valley. Let them go. Dispatch, I say, and find the forester. We will, fair queen, up to the mountain's top, and mark the musical confusion of hounds and echo in conjunction.
9: I was with Hercules and Cadmus once, when in a wood of Crete they bayed the bear with hounds of Sparta. Never did I hear such gallant chiding, for, besides the groves, the skies, the fountains, every region near, seemed all one mutual cry. I never heard so musical a discord, such sweet thunder.
8: My hounds are bred out of the Spartan kind. So flued, so sanded, and their heads are hung with ears that sweep away the morning dew. Crook-kneed and dew-lapped like Thessalian bulls, slow in pursuit, but matched in mouth like bells, each under each. A cry more tunable was never hollowed to, nor cheered with horn in Crete, in Sparta, nor in Thessaly. Judge when you hear, but... Oft, oh, what
5: nymphs are these? My lord, this is my daughter here asleep. And this Lysander, this Demetrius is, this Helena, old Nidar's Helena. I wonder of their being here together.
8: No doubt they rose up early to observe the rite of May, and, hearing our intents, came here in grace of our solemnity. But... Speak, Aegeus. Is not this the day that Hermia should give answer of her choice? It is, my lord. Go. Bid the huntsmen wake them with their horns. Mm
10: -hmm.
8: Good morrow, friends. St. Valentine is past. Begin these wood birds, but to couple now. Pardon, my lord. I pray you all stand up. I know you two are rival enemies... How comes this gentle concord in the world, That hatred is so far from jealousy, To sleep by hate, and fear
7: no enmity? My lord, I shall reply amazedly, Half sleep, half waking. But as yet I swear, I cannot truly say how I came here. But as I think, For truly would I speak, And now I do bethink me, So it is. I came with Hermia hither. Our intent was to be gone from Athens, where we might, without the peril of the
5: Athenian law. Enough! Enough! My lord, you have enough! I beg the law, the law upon his head! They would have stolen away!
6: They would, Demetrius, thereby to have defeated you and me, you of your wife, and me of my consent, of my consent that she should be your wife. My lord, fair Helen told me of their stealth, of their purpose hither to this wood, and I in fury hither followed them. Fair Helen in fancy following me, but, my good lord, I what not by what power, but by some power it is, My love to Hermia, melted as snow, seems to me now as the remembrance of an idle god, which in my childhood I did dote upon, in all the faith. The virtue of my heart, the object, and the pleasure of my eye is only Helena. To her, my lord, was I betrothed ere I saw Hermia. But like a sickness did I loathe this food, but as in health, come to my natural state, Now I do wish it, love it, long for it, and will forevermore be true to it. Fair lovers, you are fortunately met.
8: Of this discourse we more will hear anon. Aegeus, I will, or bear your will, for in the temple, by and by, with us, these couples shall eternally be knit. And for the morning, now is something worn. Our purposed hunting shall be set aside, away with us, to Athens, three and three. We'll hold a feast in great solemnity. Come, Hippolyta.
6: These things seem small and undistinguishable, like far off mountains turned it into clouds.
2: Methinks I see these things with parted eye, when everything seems double.
0: So methinks And I have found Demetrius like a jewel. Mine own, and not mine own.
6: Are you sure that we are awake? It seems to me that yet we sleep, we dream. Do not you think the Duke was here and bid us to follow him?
2: Yea, and my father. And
0: Hippolyta.
7: And he did bid us follow to the temple.
6: Why, then, we are awake. Let's follow him, and by the way, let us recount our dreams.
1: My comes, call me, and I will answer. My next is most fair Pyramus. Hey-ho! Peter Quince! Lute the bellows, Mender! Snout the Tinker! Starbling! God's my life! Stolen hence and left me asleep. I have had a most rare vision. I have had a dream past the wit of man to say what dream it was. Man is but an ass if he go about to expound this dream. Methought I was, there's no man can tell what. Methought I was, and methought I had, but man is but a patched fool if he will offer to say what methought I had. The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen, man's hand is not able to taste, his tongue to conceive, nor his heart to report what my dream was. I will get Peter Quince to write a ballad of this dream. It shall be called Bottom's Dream, because it hath no bottom, and I will sing it in the latter end of a play before the Duke. Peradventure, to make it the more gracious, I shall sing it at her death.
0: Have you sent to Bottom's house? Is he come home yet?
4: He cannot be heard of. Out of doubt, he's transported.
0: If he come not, then the play isn't It Goes not forward, Dothit. It is not possible. You have not a man in Athens able to discharge Pyramus, but he... No, he hath simply the best wit of any handicraft man in Athens. Yeah, and the best person, too? And he is a very paramour for a sweet voice. You must say paragon. A paramour is... God bless us, a thing of
2: naught.
3: Masters, the Duke is coming from the temple, and there is two or three lords and ladies more married. If our sport had gone forward,
8: we'd had all been made men.
0: Oh, sweet bully bottom, thus hath he lost sixpence a day during his life. He could not escape sixpence a day. And the Duke had not given him sixpence a day for playing Pyramus, I'll be hanged. Would have deserved it. Sixpence a day in Pyramus or nothing.
1: Where are these lads? Where are these hearts? Bottom, um, oh most courageous day, oh most happy hour. Masters, I am to discourse wonders, but ask me not what, for if I tell you I am not true Athenian, I will tell you everything right as it fell out. Let us hear, sweet Bottom. Not a word of me. All that I will tell you is that the duke hath dined. Get your apparel together, good strings to your beards, new ribbons to your pumps. Meet presently at the palace. Every man look o'er his part, for the short and the long is. Our play is preferred. In any case, let Thisbe have clean linen, and let not him that plays the lion pare his nails, for they shall hang out for the lion's claws. And, most dear actors, eat no onions nor garlic, For we are to utter sweet breath, and I do not doubt but to hear them say it is a sweet comedy. No more words. Away! Go away!
9: That these lovers speak of.
8: More strange than true. I never may believe these antique Mm. fables, Nor these fairy toys. Lovers and madmen have such seething brains, Such shaping fantasies, That apprehend more than cool reason ever comprehends. The lunatic, the lover, and the poet Are of imagination all compact, one sees more devils than vast hell can hold that is the madman the lover all as frantic sees helen's beauty in a brow of egypt the poet's eye in a fine frenzy rolling doth glance from heaven to earth from earth to heaven And as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shapes and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name. Such tricks hath strong imagination that, if it would but apprehend some joy, it comprehends some bringer of that joy. Or in the night, imagining some fear, how easy is a bush supposed a bear?
9: But all the story of the night told over, and all their minds transfigured so together, more witnesseth than fancy's images, and grows to something of great constancy, but howsoever strange and admirable.
8: Here come the lovers, full of joy and mirth. Joy, gentle friends, joy and fresh days of love accompany your hearts.
7: More than to us, wait in your royal walks, your board, your bed.
8: Come now, what masks, what dances shall we have to wear away this long age of three hours between our after supper and bedtime? Where is our usual manager of mirth? What revels are in hand? Is there no play to ease the anguish of a torturing hour? Call Philostrate.
10: Here, mighty Theseus. Say, what
8: abridgment have you for this evening? What mask? What uh, music? How shall we beguile the lazy time, if not with some delight?
10: There is a brief how many sports are ripe. Make choice of which your highness will see first.
8: Hmm, The battle with the centaurs, to be sung by an Athenian eunuch to the harp. Well, none of that. That have I told my love and glory of my kinsman Hercules. The riot of the tipsy bacchanals, tearing the Thracian singer in their rage, that is an old device, and it was played when I, from Thebes, came last a conqueror. The thrice three muses, mourning for the death of learning, late deceased in beggary, that is some satire, keen and critical, not sorting with a nuptial ceremony. A tedious, brief scene of young Pyramus and his love, This be very tragical mirth. Merry and tragical. Tedious and brief? That is hot ice and wondrous strange snow. How shall we find the concord of this discord?
10: A play there is, my lord, some ten words long, which is as brief as I have known a play, but by ten words, my lord, it is too long, which makes it tedious, for in all the play there is not one word apt, one player fitted, and tragical, my noble lord, it is, for Pyramus therein doth kill himself which, when I saw rehearsed, I must confess, made mine eyes water. But more merry tears the passion of loud laughter never shed.
8: What are they that do play it?
10: Hard handed men that work in Athens here, which never labored in their minds till now, and now have toiled their unbreathed memories with this same play against your nuptial.
8: And we will hear
7: it.
10: No, my noble lord, it is not for you. I have heard it over, and it is nothing, nothing in the world, unless you can find sport in their intent, extremely stretched and conned with cruel pain to do you service.
8: I will hear that play, for never anything can be amiss when simpleness and duty tender it. Go, bring them in, and take your place, ladies.
9: I love not to see wretchedness overcharged and duty in his service perishing.
8: Why, gentle sweet, you shall see no such thing.
9: He says they can do nothing in this kind.
8: The kinder we, to give them thanks for nothing. Our sport shall be to take what they mistake, and what poor duty cannot do, noble respect takes it in might, not merit. Where I have come, great clerks have purposed to greet me with premeditated welcomes, Where I have seen them shiver and look pale, make periods in the midst of sentences, Throttle their practised accent in their fears, and in conclusion dumbly have broke off, Not paying me a welcome. Trust me, sweet, out of this silence yet I picked a welcome, and in the modesty of fearful duty I read as much as from the rattling tongue of saucy and audacious eloquence.
10: So please, Your Grace, the prologue is addressed.
8: Let him approach.
0: It is with our good will That you should think we come not to offend But with good will to show our simple skill That is the true beginning of our end Consider then we come but in despite We do not come as mind to to contentia Our true intent is all for your delight We are not here that you should repent repentia the actors are at hand, and by their show, Ye shall know all that you are like to know.
5: This
7: fellow doth not stand upon points. He hath writ his prologue like a rough colt. He knows not to stop. A, a good moral, my lord, it is not enough to speak, But to speak true.
9: Indeed, he hath played on his prologue Like a child on a recorder, A sound, but not in government.
7: His
8: speech was like a tangled chain, nothing impaired, but all disordered. Who is next?
0: Gentles, perchance you wonder at this show, but wonder on till truth make all things plain. This man is Pyramus, if you would know. This beauteous lady, Thisbe is certain. This man, with lime and rough cast, doth present wall, that vile wall which did these lovers sunder. And through wall's chink parcels they are content to whisper, at the which let no man wonder. This man, with lantern dog and bush of thorn, presenteth moonshine. For, if you will know, by moonshine did these lovers think No scorn to meet at Ninus' tomb There, there, to move. This grisly beast, which lion hight by name, The trusty Thisbe, coming first by night, Did scare away, or rather, did affright. And as she fled her mantle she did fall, Which lion vile with bloody mouth did stain, Anon comes Pyramus, sweet youth and tall, and finds his trusty Thisbe's mantle slain. Whereat? With blade, with bloody, blameful blade, he bravely broached his boiling, bloody breast. And Thisbe, tarrying in mulberry shade, his dagger drew and died. For all the rest, let Lion, Moonshine, Woe, and Lovers Twain, at large discourse, while here they do remain.
1: In this same interlude it doth befall that I, one snout by name, present a wall and such a wall as I would have you think that had in it a crannied hole or chink, through which the lovers, Pyramus and Thisbe, did whisper often, very secretly, this loam, this rough cast, and this stone doth show that I am that same wall, the truth is so. And this the cranny is, right and sinister, through which the fearful lovers are to
4: whisper.
6: Would you desire lime and hair to speak better? It is the wittiest partition that ever I heard discourse, my lord. Pyramus draws near the wall.
1: Silence! O oh, grim-looked knight, O oh, night with hue so black! O oh, night whichever art when day is not! O oh, night! O oh, night! Alack! 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 I fear my thisbeat's promise is forgot. And thou, O oh wall, O oh sweet, O oh lovely wall, That standst between her father's ground and mine, Thou wall, O oh wall, O oh sweet and lovely wall, Show me thy chink to blink through with mine eye. Thanks, courteous wall, Jove shield thee well for this. But what see I? No thisbe do I see. O oh, wicked wall, through whom I see no bliss, cursed be thy stones for thus deceiving me.
8: The wall, methinks being sensible, should curse again.
1: No, in truth, sir, he should not. Deceiving me is Thisby's cue. She is to enter now, and I am to spy her through the wall. You shall see it will fall pat as I told you. Yonder she comes.
0: Often hast thou heard my moans, For parting my fair Pyramus and me? My cherry lips have often kissed thy stones, thy stones with lime, and
1: near knit up in thee. I see a voice, now will I to the chink, To spy, and I can hear my Thisbe's face. Thisbe? My love, thou art my love, I think. Think what thou wilt, I am thy lover's grace And like Lymander am I trusty still And I, Helen, tell the fates me kill Not Shaffalus to Progress was so true As Shaffalus to Progress I to you Oh, kiss me through the hall of this vile wall I kiss the walls whole, not your lips at all Wilt thou at Ninny's tomb meet me straight away Thy life, thy death I come without delay. Thus have I wall, my part discharged so, and being done, thus wall away doth go.
8: Now is the wall down between the two neighbors? (laughs)
6: No remedy, my lord, when walls are so willful to hear without warning.
9: This is the silliest stuff that ever I heard.
6: The best in this kind
8: are but shadows, and the worst are no worse if imagination amend them.
9: It must be your imagination, then, and not theirs.
8: If we imagine no worse of them than they of themselves, they may pass for excellent men. Here come two noble beasts in, a man and a lion.
10: You ladies, you whose gentle hearts do fear, the smallest monstrous mouse that creeps on floor, may now perchance both quake and tremble here when lion rough in wildest rage doth roar. Then know that I, snug the joiner, am a lion fell, nor else no lion's dam. For if I should as lions come and in strife into this place, twere pity on my life.
6: A very gentle beast, and of a good conscience. The very best that a beast, my lord, that ever I saw. This lion is a very fox, for his valor. True, and a goose for his discretion. (laughs) Not so, my lord, for his valor cannot carry his discretion, and the fox carries the goose. His
8: discretion, I am sure, cannot carry his valor, for the goose carries not the fox. (laughs) It is well. Leave it to his discretion and let us listen to
6: the moon.
3: This lanthorn doth the horned moon present.
6: He should have worn the horns on his head. He is no crescent
8: and his horns are invisible within the circumference.
3: This lanthorn doth
4: the horned moon present. Myself the man, I the moon do seem to be.
8: Mm-mm. This is the greatest error of all the
6: rest the man should be put into the lanthorn how else is it the man of the moon he dares not come there for the candle for you see it is already in snuff
9: i am weary of this moon would he would change
8: it appears by his small light of discretion that he is in the wane but... Yet, in courtesy, in all reason, we must stay the time. <laughs> Proceed,
3: moon. All that I have to say is to tell you that the lanthorn is the moon. I, the man, it, the moon, this thorn bush, my thorn bush, and this dog, my dog.
6: Why, all these should be in the lantern, for all these are in the moon. But silence, here comes this This is old Ninny's tomb.
0: Where is my love? Roar!
8: <laughs> well roared, lion! Well run, thisbe! Well run!
9: Well shone, moon! Truly, the moon shines with a good grace!
7: Well moused, lion! And then came pyramids. And so the lion vanished. <laughs>
1: Sweet moon, I thank thee for thy sunny beams. I thank thee, moon, for shining now so bright. For by thy gracious golden glittering gleams, I trust to take of truest thisby sight. But stay, O oh spite! But mark, poor night, what dreadful dole is here! Eyes, do you see? How can it be? O oh, dainty duck! Oh dear! Thy mantle good, what, stained with blood? Approach ye, fury's fell, O fates, come, come, cut thread and thrum, Quail, crush, conclude and quell. This
8: passion and the death of a dear friend Would go near to make a man look sad.
9: Beshrew my heart, but
1: I pity the man. O wherefore, nature, didst thou lion's frame, Since lion vile hath here deflowered my dear, Which is, no, no, which was the fairest dame, That lived, that loved, that liked, that looked with cheer. Come, tears, confound, out And wound the pap of Pyramus. I, that left pap, where heart doth hop, Thus die I, thus, thus, thus. Now am I dead, now am I fled, my soul is in the sky. Tongue, lose thy light, moon, take thy flight. Now die, die, die,
10: die, die
6: no die but an ace for him for he is but one
7: less than an ace man for he is dead he is nothing ah ah, ah with the help of a surgeon he might yet recover
8: and yet prove an ass
9: <laughs> how chance moonshine has gone before this becomes back and finds her lover
8: she will find him by starlight <laughs> Here she comes, and her passion ends the play.
9: Methinks she should not use a long one for such a Pyramus. I hope she will be brief.
6: A moat will turn the balance, which Pyramus, which Thisbe, is better. He for man, God warns us, she for woman, God bless us. She hath spied him
7: already with those sweet eyes.
6: And thus she means Videliseth.
0: What dead, my dove? O oh, Pyramus, arise! Speak, speak! Quite dumb. Dead, dead! A tomb must cover thy li- sweet, thy sweet eyes. These lily lips, this cherry nose, these yellow cowslip cheeks are gone, are gone. Lovers make moan. His eyes were green as lakes O sisters three, come, come to me With hands as pale as milk Lay them in gore since you have shore With shears as thread of silk Tongue, not a word Come, trusty sword, come Blade my breast imbue And farewell, friends Thus this be ends Adieu,
10: adieu, adieu
8: Moonshine and lion are left to bury the dead.
6: <laughs> I and wall too.
1: No, I assure you, the wall is down that parted their fathers. Will it please you to see the epilogue, or to hear a burgo dance between two of our company?
8: No epilogue, I pray you, for your play needs no excuse, never excuse. For when the players are all dead, there need none to be blamed. (laughs) Mary, If he that writ it had played Pyramus and hanged himself in Thisbe's garter, it would have been a fine tragedy. And so it is. Truly and very notably discharged, but... Come, your Bergamasque, let your epilogue alone. The Iron Tongue of Midnight hath told twelve. Lovers! To bed, tis almost fairy time. Oh, I fear we shall outsleep the coming morn, as much as we this night have overwatched. <laughs> this uh, palpable, gross play hath well beguiled the heavy gate of night. Sweet friends, to bed. A fortnight hold we this solemnity in nightly revels and new jollity.
4: Now the hungry lion roars, and the wolf behows the moon, whilst the heavy plowman snores, all with weary task foredone. Now the wasted brands do glow, whilst the screech owl, screeching loud, puts the rat that lies in woe in remembrance of a shroud. Now it's ease at time of night, that the graves all gaping wide everyone lets forth his sprite in churchway pass to glide and we fairies that do run by the triple hecate's team from the presence of the sun following darkness like a dream now our frolic not a mouse shall disturb this hollowed house i am sent with a broom before to sweep the dust behind the door
5: Through the house give glimmering light. By the dead and drowsy fire, every elf and fairy sprite. Hop as light as bird from briar. And this ditty after me, sing and dance it trippingly.
3: First, rehearse your song by rote. To each word a warbling note. Hand in hand with fairy grace, we will sing and bless this place.
5: Now, until the break of day, through this house, each fairy stray, to the best bride-bed will we, which by us shall blessed be, and the issue there create ever shall be fortunate. So shall all the couple's three ever true in loving be, and the blots of nature's hand shall not in their issue stand. Never mole, hair-lip, nor scar, nor mark prodigious as such are, despised in nativity, shall upon their children be. With this field do you consecrate, every fairy take his gate, and each several chamber bless, through this palace with sweet peace and the owner of it blessed. Ever shall in safety rest, trip away, make no stay. Meet me all by break of day.
4: If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. And this weak and idle theme. No more yielding, but a dream. Gentles, do not reprehend. If you pardon, we will mend. And as I am an honest puck, (laughs) if we have any unearned luck. Now to scape the serpent's tongue, and we will make amends ere long. Else the puck a liar call. So, good night. Unto you all give me our hands if we be friends, and Robin shall restore <coughs> amends.